Welcome to Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson and Pastor Keith Radke of Redemption Hill Church in Eagle Mountain, Utah. At Shouts of Grace Radio, it's our purpose to encourage you to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. Now, let's join Pastor Steve and Pastor Keith for today's conversation. And welcome to today's episode of Shouts of Grace Radio. This is Keith Radke here with Steve Pearson. So glad you joined us on today's episode as we continue our conversation about priorities. Uh, Two broadcasts ago, we just talked about the priority of staying focused on what God's best for us is. And the last time we talked about the priority of being a family, the priorities in the family. We talked about parenting first, and so we're going to talk about marriage today, but that doesn't mean that that's the priority that we should set. You know, every family begins with a marriage, and it's important for us to remember as married couples to put our marriage and the developing, the building, the cultivating of our marriage uh, first um, as we seek to honor God in that relationship. So that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about marriage. Pastor Steve, it's good to be back together again today. How many years, Pastor Steve, have you and Trisha been married? That is a total, that's a trick question, Keith. Because, oh. <laughs> no, I, I I don't have a great memory sometimes. So when people have to, when people ask me that, I want a little heads up so I get like 10 second buffer. Oh, and now okay. I have my 10 second buffer, 22, 22 years. <laughs> 22 years. That's crazy. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And my wife and I, Angie, we're celebrating 20 in uh, next month, in one month. Nice. It'll be nice. 20 years. So I and have we haven't had one fight in 22 years. Not a single fight Never either disagreed here. Disagreed. No. Nope. 100%. It was it was a match made in heaven for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not not so. Well, well yeah, that, in heaven, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, uh, we're going to talk kind of about an obvious passage from Ephesians chapter 5 about marriage. But I, I think that's a great springboard for what we're talking about. You, in marriage, one of the things that you learn to do is you make getting along a priority. You should. Let's just put it that way. We should make getting along. And I don't mean getting along like tolerating each other. I mean like actually enjoying each other. And one of the in- inevitable things that comes up in a marriage is conflict because you're two different people with two different worldviews, two different attitudes and perspectives on life. You know, things that I'm interested, things that she's interested that aren't always compatible so what are some of the what are some of kind of the go-to things for you Pastor Steve when it comes to conflict resolution like what helps you navigate those challenges in marriage that might be helpful to somebody who's listening today Well I think I think first of all you know for for a husband, scripture says, "Yeah, He's like, yeah. yeah well, oh, okay, okay, here we let's, go. Let's, let's pick a starting point." <laughs> um, you know, First Peter says, "Husbands dwell dwell with your wives in an understanding way," mm. and, and what that means is understand them, learn them, right? And so, what I always, me and my wife, do quite a bit of marriage counseling, and one of the things that. I always tell people, particularly husbands, is I tell them, study your wife, mm. study her facial expressions when you say certain things, study her body motion, study, you know, the things that she likes when she goes into a store, what rack does she stop at and mm. look at what, you know, what, what, 
what's your schedule like? You know, right. women are women are typically they, they they have habitual things in their like habits in their life that they that they like to do. Study her schedule. Make sure that you know about this person that you're married to because all of it helps you to understand her, right? I yeah. mean, I don't I don't go to REI and buy my wife, uh, you know, um, uh, skis because my wife doesn't ski, right? right that, that would right. be a dumb gift, but I would absolutely go and I would. Um, you know, buy her movie tickets because she likes to go to the movies at times. I would absolutely go and I would buy her some hiking shoes because she loves hiking or anything camping, right? right? How do I know that? Well, number one, she tells me, but number two, those are the things she stops and looks at. And so if you study your wife, it will help you understand her. And the more you understand her and the the less conflict, or at yeah. least when you do have conflict, you're going to understand, you know, how to, how to kind of resolve some of that. So and that would be the place I'd start. Yeah. And that's one of the things that, you know, in negotiations between countries, you know, politically, it's like, what kind of a cultural background influences the way that, that your counterpart thinks and approaches that negotiation table? And and I think if 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 we would make that kind of investment in our marriages on that, I love that you're talking about a very practical level. You know, sometimes we over spiritualize marriage. I love that verse that you brought up from First Peter chapter three. It says that we're to understand our wives. We're different, but we're co heirs of the grace of God. And then he says this little things to, to husbands, so your prayers won't be hindered. That's right. You, you want to be spiritual? Yeah. You want to have a good prayer life? Then understand what makes your wife happy. That's right. Understand where what what piques her interest. Understand what sets her off in a in a negative mood that that a certain kind of a response is not going to be helpful, but another kind of response is going to be helpful. Hmm. Like take time to to learn and to understand your wife on a practical level. And mm-hmm. yeah, if it boils down to hiking shoes and and movie tickets or or chocolate or taking a drive to a scenic place or there's so many things like and you, husbands, your wife is your wife. Get That's to right. know her, you know, a lot of times in marriage counseling and and, and Pastor Steve, I I just want to commend you and Trisha because so many times I see a disconnect in in counseling situations, especially marriage counseling situations, typically people go to a counselor and maybe it would be a man or it would be a woman. But you and your wife, you do this together with couples. Yeah. And and that provides such a more well-balanced perspective for couples as they're seeking genuine help. You know, what do I do? Things are not right. We know they're not right. We don't know how to fix it. And and to be a, a pastor and a pastor's wife where you get together with those couples, you minister, that, that's definitely um, a rare thing and, and very commendable. And I, I think that what you're trying to do is you're trying to demonstrate and, and teach couples, hey, this is a team effort. You have to do this together. A wife cannot fix her husband. A husband cannot fix his wife. But the two working together can build a great marriage. That's right, Keith. And I would say, you know, one of the things that we run into a lot is, <clears throat> you know, you're going to have conflict in marriages. As you make your marriage a priority and you study your wife and you're going to have conflicts. And, and here's the thing that we run into a lot, whether it's the man or the woman, you know, Proverbs eighteen fourteen says that a person can endure a sick spirit, but who can bear a crushed spirit? Mm. Meaning, meaning a person can endure unhealth, but when they're crushed, nobody can bear that. And what I've found is in marriage, you will have seasons and you will have times where there will be unhealth and, and people can endure that. But if that, if that unhealth graduates or progresses, progresses to this, this crushing of the other person, then nobody can bear that. And that's often what happens in, in, in situations in marriages where they end up needing help or counseling is 
we failing to realize that 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 we're hurting the other person, and and we're not just dealing with an illness or a sickness in our marriage; we're crushing them, right? And nobody can bear that. And so that's one of the things that that I really feel you know passionate about that that have understand if if your wife is a is a priority or your husband is a priority understand you're on the same side you're 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 not enemies you're not against each other and i can guarantee you know women what you want out of the man and what you're trying to get him to understand if you learn if you study him and you learn his vernacular you got to talk in his language so he can understand it and vice versa men for women because the whole idea isn't to into in, in isn't to enter into some conflict and just have the other person see my point the whole point is i want to resolve something because it's hurting me right. and it's crushing me so i want you to understand it then i got to enter into their language right i mean right. If, if i don't understand spanish and i'm trying to talk to somebody who has spanish i got one or two choices i mean i can yell and slow my speech down as long as i want is as much as i want they're not going to get it no i got to learn to speak their language and you so do. yeah yeah, because lang- language and tone go together, and if if we speak in a way where we're slowing down and almost demeaning a person's intellect, you know, through that, that doesn't help the conversation either. Yeah. So we want to we want to get up to speed on on where a person's at. Well, let me ask you a question, Keith. Yes, Do men and women speak different languages? <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when I say when I say uh, you know when I ask my wife, hey, where do you want to eat tonight if we're, we're going to go out on a date, and she says, I don't care. Well, I've learned that she does care. Um, she is deferring because she knows that there's places I like. And so I have to learn to say, well, what are you interested in? You know, and, and sometimes she'll throw out three things. So if I stay in those three genres, then we're good. I'm sp- well, now I'm speaking the same language, right? right. And, 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 and that's something I think most couples can relate to. But there are things like that every day in the relationship where what she says or, or what he says in response to the other does not always mean the same thing to the other. That's right. And and so that is part of dwelling with our wives with understanding. You know, um, there's a great book out there called Love and Respect, and, and it talks about how men and women respond. You know, men respond when they're respected. Women um, respond well when they feel like they're secure in the love of their husband. And it's mutual, too. I mean, I, I think that goes both ways. And that that is another thing, too, is like what are the kind of of – Praises. What are the kind of compliments? What are the kind of uh, you know encouraging, building up kind of words that we can say that demonstrate um, an, a, a desire to meet these kind of needs? The, the need for a man to feel like he has accomplished something, that he has fulfilled a purpose in life. The mm-hmm. need for a woman to feel secure and loved and appreciated for who she is. You know that that a wife doesn't have to to look a certain way or behave a certain way in order to gain her husband's affection, that a husband doesn't have to, to bring home a million dollars, you know, for his wife to be, I mean, there's, there's these things that in every relationship is different, but it's these things that you can't quantify. You know, you know, we try to buy it. We try to even spend time with it. I'm not demeaning, you know, the ability to, to buy certain things towards happiness or mm-hmm. even, you know, time, quantity and quality time are both valuable but the investment that we're trying to make in a marriage and we're trying to say, you matter to me. Mm. Like, you know, husbands, you, you chose her. You know, just mm. think about that. Think about the fact that she chose you back mm. and, and she was willing to give up other men. That's she right. was willing to give up the pursuit of anybody else and, and, and women that he was, he had eyes for you. He was willing to give up everything for you and, and the both of you working together seeing, okay, this is unique and this is special. 
And something you said earlier, Steve, was so important, a crushed spirit. That's where a marriage has lost hope. Mm-hmm. You know, one person or both people, and, and a lot of times that's just what leads to divorce. It leads yeah. to somebody saying, you know what, I, I'm this is broken. It can't be fixed. Yeah, There's nothing left. This is crushed. Mm-hmm. And they tend to move on. Couples, if you can get a handle of this, there's, there's no perfect marriage. You know, there's, there's no magic formula to making your marriage work, but there is this make it important. Yeah. Make it important. Invest in it. One of the things that God put on my heart not too long ago to kind of implement at Redemption Hill, and and we've done that now is, you know, we're, we're, we're watching people get married and, and in today's day and age, people are getting married and, and they don't, not only do they really not know the depths of the other person, but the the expectations of marriage are, are just, they're, they're so far out there that they don't, I don't even think sometimes they're a reality, Keith. And so one of the things that we did, we implemented this, this, um, this, this system called Simbus, right? And, and it's an assessment that the couples that premarital, that the couples go through, we we have a couple that have gone through it. They're, they're facilitators. And what it does is it asks all kinds of questions about every aspect of life, how they handle conflict, how they grew up, what's their, you know, what's their view on, on, on kids, on money, on whatever, what do they like, what do they don't like, what's leisure and all that stuff. And then it kicks out this this pretty extensive um you know um assessment and and rather than what is typically handled in premarital a church will come up it's its own little guidelines we're going to cover these four things and then we're going to get you married we're actually taking what they have told us and we're going to have the premarital center around what they have said that's mm. the makeup of their personalities right. and we're able to tell them okay look at based on what you guys answered this are going to be your strengths this right. is where you guys are going to excel these are going to be some areas that you're going to want to pay attention to. And these are going to be the areas that you're going to struggle in based on what you guys said. And there's going to be some conflict there. And we deal with it before they get married, Keith. So the premarital is preparing them for what they can expect when they're married. And then the key thing is, is rather than just marrying them and turning them off, we actually have a ment- a post post marriage mentorship for one year where quarterly they get together with those with those facilitators and they cover those areas and say, How are you guys doing in these areas? And we're and we're actually discipling them through that first year of marriage and then the second year we meet twice a year. And so we hand them off after two years to to really kind of life as a married couple, but we've walked with them through it. But I think that's key because a lot of times, Keith, we get married and, and we just have these physical expectations. We have these emotional expectations. This this man or this woman's gonna meet all my emotional needs. Well what happens when that doesn't happen? Right? What what are you gonna do? Are you gonna are you gonna fail? Are you just gonna say forget this marriage is not worth it? Let's deal with those things as they before they come up, you know, before you get married. Great. Let's talk about more how to deal with those uh those expectations. You're listening to Shouts of Grace Radio with Pastor Steve Pearson and Keith Radke. At Shouts of Grace Radio, we're thankful for the encouragement from Key Radio, reaching Utah on the airways with good news of eternal life from their station in Provo, Utah. Key Radio can be found online at keyradio.org, and your support of Key Radio makes programs like Shouts of Grace Radio possible. Now, let's join Pastor Steve and Pastor Keith for the conclusion of today's conversation. So, Pastor Steve, you were talking about the importance of having uh, a context for couples looking to get married, a context of of coming into that marriage with knowledge and understanding. 
about who they are, and there's some great resources. Simba's Preparing a Rich, Five Love Languages. You know, I think one of the biggest things that, that I'm getting out of what you said is it's so important for churches who make that investment in couples' marriage to be willing to see it through, like we do with discipleship, not just to see a person come to faith in Christ and say, all right, you're on your own, not just to see a person come to the altar and say, I do, and now you're on your own, but for that, that church and the leadership and the team that you build uh, to be involved in that type of care to follow up and to follow through to to help see marriages succeed. And I'd encourage you as a couple, if you are struggling, you're already married and you don't have that, maybe maybe it's time to take a step and go ask you know the leadership of your church. Maybe you already have a counseling ministry, a care ministry. Maybe there's just an older couple that's been married for, you know, 22 years, yeah. you know, 20, <laughs> 30 years. You know, I mean, for my wife and I, when we uh, were living back east, we had three different couples in our lives who had all been married for, you know, 18, 25, almost 30 years type of a thing. And that investment that, that they just made in time was mm-hmm. huge for us because we learned things. We learned, you know, some sometimes he or she would say something to the other and it was like, well, that wasn't very kind. And, you know, you can learn that. Yeah. You know, you can learn from people's negatives as well. But we learned so much from people's positives. One of the things that always came up, and you brought it up, is expectations. Um, w- what are some realistic expectations that that men and women ought to have, um, especially in light of the Scripture. I mean, I'm thinking of, of Ephesians chapter 5. It says, Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. We have some some scriptural expectations put on of us. The context of chapter 5 that leads up to the marriage conversation is love one another, right. submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. It's a mutual thing. It's, it takes both people, love and respect, are, are things that, that play out on both sides. But we come into marriage oftentimes with so many other expectations. Right. How, how, do, how do we deal with that? Well, I think, Keith, you know, you, you, you've got a thing playing here in the background with what culture has through Hollywood and different things, right. what they painted marriage out to be. And, it's, and, it's, and so everyone's looking for that, that pie in the sky, that, that romantic, never right. arguing, always gazing into each other's eyes, you know, reality that, that's, that's really not reality. Right. <laughs> right? right. And so then you get married. And, and as a Christian, you get married. And, and in the church, it's, well, you just need to submit to him as to the Lord. And you just need to love her like Christ of the church. Well, what does that mean? Right. right? And so, you know, for, for the woman, you know, understand that you are marrying a broken person they are they they are broken with sin they're not fixed they will never be to you what you ultimately want in the fulfillment of christ that relationship is up to you to cultivate with jesus and if you look for a human to fulfill that then you will be disappointed now granted the man and the husband should be the hands and feet of Christ to his wife. And so that there should be an expectation of that love. But do understand that, that, that there is going to be failure there. Understand how he's made. He's not going to understand everything that you say. And, and, and if you have that expectation going in, and I'm not saying set your expectations low, but have there be a reality to them, you know, um, then you're going to find that, that when, when he meets those expectations, you know, there's going to be, um, what I would call a an honest grace that yes. is given, you know, and and I like that husbands, and, and this will be hard for for those to hear this. Not everything that happens in your marriage is your fault, but everything is your responsibility to fix. Right. And we talked about that, and that's important because the gospel is in marriage. How how does what what is it that brings the response of love from the church? 
to the king, to Jesus? Is it not that he first loved us? Right? Isn't that what the scripture says? We love him as a response because he first loved us as the bride of Christ. So if I'm to love my wife like Christ loved the church, I need to understand that that her response to me, Keith, and all that I want in a loving wife is oftentimes just that. It's a response to me. And so I have to be willing to lay down my life in a way that will bring the bride to the bridegroom and, and if you will, you know, um, um, submit, you know, because that's what breaks my heart with Jesus, that he loves me. And so, you know, I had a recent situation with, with a husband who's going through some tough things and, you know, the house was a mess and everything. And he just kind of said, you know, I don't know what to do. You know, I said, here's what you do. I said, go clean the house, go, go clean the house, go wash the dishes, go, 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 go do all of the chores that you, you know, that your wife would normally do and don't say a word because those are the practical things that Mm. say, I, I, my expectation from you is that I get to serve you and that's it. And and so I I think that that definitely helps. Yeah. It says uh, that the husband is to love the wife as Christ loves the church. We have an example in Jesus of sacrificial love that, that gives without expectation of return. I think we've, we've believed the cultural lie that uh, marriage is a 50-50 thing, right? You know, no, it's a 100-100. Like, men, you need to give everything you are to your marriage to see it work. And wives, it's the same way. Husbands, love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself. He sacrificed himself for her. You know, nobody, no no, no person hates their body. They take the basic care, you know, unless there's something, you know, very unhealthy taking place there. No, nobody actually hates themselves, you know, in that way. We feed ourselves. We, you know, like start with the basics, you know, bring your wife a cup of water, <laughs> you know, make her coffee in the morning. I mean, you know, figure out what it is that is a bit of a stress, a bit of a burden and, and find a way to minister to her and to relieve that stress. Wives... Uh, your your husband is looking for respect in the world. He is looking for it on the job site. He's looking for it in the sales. He's looking for it from his customers. You know, whichever way the management chain flows, wherever he's at in that change, he's looking for respect, and he's fighting for it. He's clawing for it. And he comes home, he shouldn't have to fight for your respect. Right. You know, he shouldn't have to, to, to fight for you to be affirming and to be encouraging. You know, in some marriages, trust is an issue. You know, a lot of marriage trust has been broken for for the stupid things we do. And and I would encourage wives to start seeing trust and respect as two separate things. Mm, That your husband needs your respect because the Lord commands it. He says to submit to your own husbands or give reverence, deference, uh, give give, uh, respect to your husband as to the Lord. Like that's between you and God, you know, Mm -hmm. as a wife. And, and, And if there's trust broken... Get help for that and find right. a way to find a way to give him the opportunity to rebuild that trust. But don't negate the reality of this. Your husband is fighting for for respect in the world. He shouldn't have to fight for yours. And if that's a problem for you, take it to the Lord and talk to an older woman who's been that's married right. for a while and say, how do I do this right? And I'll tell you this, just as a man, for my wife just to say something like, I'm proud of you. I'm impressed with you. You're awesome. You know, I mean, just things that you think, well, that's just for junior high. Yeah. No, no, it. It's for emotional well-being of anybody. That's right, Keith. And I will say this. You know, God has designed marriage in such a way that within marriage, there are things that only you can do for the other. Right. It's, it's, you know, it, w- within a marriage, there are physical things that only the husband and wife can experience with one another. They can't do those things outside of marriage. There's the same thing when it comes to emotional needs or mm. emotional fulfillment that God has designed the other, you know, within the context of relationship to meet. And the same thing is true spiritually, meaning 
if those things aren't met in that marriage, then there's a deficiency there. The temptation is now been planted that that can be found outside the marriage, and that's where the enemy moves in. So understanding those three areas, both both the physical, the emotional, um, and the spiritual, I should be looking for ways by studying my spouse. How do I meet those needs within the confines of my marriage? Because that will dictate what health is, right? And right. And, and if I have health, I'm not I'm I'm not contemplating anything else right, because right. I I got I got it all right and I think oftentimes people people kind of forget that. Well, you know this conversation is so good we're not done. We're going to continue to talk about the priority of marriage on the net, next episode of Shouts of Grace Radio. You can go to shoutsofgraceradio.com to catch the previous episodes on our podcast feed and we would love to have you with us next time as we continue talking about the priority of marriage. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Shouts of Grace Radio. Practical conversations from God's Word hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson and Pastor Keith Radke. We hope you've been encouraged to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. If today's conversation encouraged you in your journey following and learning more about Jesus, we would love to hear from you. You can visit us online at shoutsofgraceradio.com. That's shoutsofgraceradio.com. At shoutsofgraceradio.com, you can listen to all of our episodes, share them online with your friends, and find out more about Pastors Steve and Keith. Shouts of Grace Radio is an outreach of Redemption Hill Church located in Eagle Mountain, Utah. Thank you again for joining us on today's show. And from all of us at Shouts of Grace Radio, it is our prayer that you would grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ.